Hello and welcome to season three of the Star Trek Review Podcast, Track This Out. I'm your host, Bob, and joining me upon the bridge are a right bunch of stun guns. Got Lindsay. Hello. Hello. John. Hello. Andrea. Andrea. Hello. 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 <laughs> Sucking. Hello. And we have a special guest joining us in season three, uh, my technical helper, Morn. What was that, Morn? Cream pies not allowed in the Jefferson tubes, apparently. Well, I never. On this episode, we'll be reviewing the new series of Discovery. Episode 1, That Hope Is You, Part 1. Giving your light, giving our lights out of 5 even. Reading out your feedback to the story. Both this week's red shirt and doing some random shit along the way. Anyway, before that, I'm going to turn the spore drive and let's jump into this. Well, it's been a while, hasn't it, since we've done a podcast. Uh, and there has been a lot going on in Star Trek world. Um, apparently, we've got Star Trek till 2027 at the very latest. Um, so that's good news. We're loads of shit going on. There's some been some big news in Lindsay's world, though. I'm going to come to you first because I bet you want to pop about this. Someone is appearing in Star Trek Prodigy. Yes. I, 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 you may have heard of this character before. Um, I think uh, you probably know her as Captain Catherine Janeway. Um, Janeway? Yeah. So Nobody else in the world calls her that except you, Bob. Um, but, uh, yes, yeah, so uh, Kate Mulgrew and um, Kurtzman and all sorts of other exciting people were involved in this announcement. And I am super excited uh, that we are going to get Janeway back in the new <laughs> the new golden age of Trek. Um, I will pause my general level of super excitement uh, to acknowledge that by turning her into a cartoon, they have avoided, perhaps... Uh, some of the challenges they might have faced with the fact that shock horror Kate Mulgrew has in fact aged, um, but that's okay because I'm just really excited that we're going to get yeah. her, um, oh, and great. she seems really excited about the part. So I'm hopeful that they're doing interesting things with it, and yeah. maybe we're going to get to see Voyager again, and maybe she's going to be a hologram, but we don't really know. Um, and I'm just excited. Yeah, I don't know. Been cancelled already. Yeah, yeah and, and it's been cancelled. <laughs> Everything has also been cancelled. I like to listen to the like Alex Kurtzman fella who sort of runs it all, and he says that there's loads of stuff coming out, and I like to believe him over it's cancelled. It's cancelled. Um, Alex tell- Kurtzman gets sacked 15 times a week. I mean, <laughs> he well, must have redundancy payouts must be just like keeping him in like gold toilets. He's oh, doing amazing. It is interesting. But but these people have contacts, don't you know? Some of them even work in the industry. Yeah. They, so, they clearly so, are they trusted sources, Lindsay? Is that what you're saying? Apparently, trusted apparently sources. they are. And they I tell, have. And I tell you what, 95% of them have never left their mother's house. Um, right. Uh, I tell you what, I went to America during our break. By the way, everyone, love, well, love, exactly. it's lovely over there. Really calm, nice. Nice place, not riddled with lunatics or anything, oh, and wow. orange orange people, um, and uh, yeah, we got to watch Lower Decks, all of it, um, and it was brilliant. Really, really enjoyed it. I don't know if anyone else has been to America during our short break uh, and seen Lower Decks, but it is absolutely awesome. I, I really, really loved it. I, I might have gone there briefly. Um, Did you? Yeah. yeah. It's surprisingly yeah. good, isn't it? It's really good. Yeah. It just they not only does it look really good, 
it's just it's genuinely funny it, it, you can watch it if you're a non-trek fan but there's so many lovely like fan nods in there there's loads of you know different stuff as well i don't want to go yeah. into it for uk people who are you know haven't had a chance to go to america and see it yet um but uh, yeah i would highly recommend it if you do get the opportunity to go to america and watch it have you, have i you got, have not been to america because i am a moral upstanding citizen <laughs> Oh, Don, what's happened to me? Who, who are you? Where's that for you, Con? I'm going to be honest, I haven't even had time to go, like, like fart, like, in the last few weeks, so that's why I haven't been on tour to America. But I will I will be going soon. Have you you've been to America, Sucky, have you? Uh, yeah, I had my portable transfer, uh, transport. I just zipped out <laughs> back again. Oh, he lives like there that. most of the fucking time. Don't you, Sucky? Yeah. Well, you know, it's my second house. Um, it right. is, isn't it? He's, he's got a condo. Um, did, you, did you enjoy it when you went to America, Sucky's uh, Lower Decks? I did. I mean, I, you know me, I'm not really a proper, proper Star Trek fan, but I did enjoy all the little references, especially yeah. after you start researching them. And you yeah, think, yeah. Oh, that's why that's there. That's why they said that. And then you realise what was going on. And yeah, cool. so yeah, I really did enjoy it. It is funny, as Bob says. It and it's got proper storylines as well. And it yeah. is, it is funny, 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 funny. You, you, you been to America, Lynn? I couldn't possibly comment. I would say, however, had I been to America and had I watched it, I would have also <laughs> thoroughly enjoyed it. However, yeah. I, I am also a moral upstanding person who gets very angry publicly on Twitter about the fact that I have no rights to see this yet. Oh. Well, um, I'm quite concerned about Prodigy because. Let's face it, Nickelodeon is not something that I have a subscription to currently, and that's who it's being made with. You can borrow my, Lindsay. You can borrow my subscription to watch it. When oh, it comes bless. Out. I'll um, come and transfer down. I'm not allowed to visit you anyway at the moment either, so... Oh, God, yeah. Um, I tell you what, right, there's, so, so there's been shitloads going on, loads of big announcements about loads of different Star Trek, which is going to be coming up in the next, what, five, six, seven years, or whatever, which is great news. Obviously, more Disco, more Picard's. Um, more lower decks, more everything. Um, I'm really excited. The future looks strong and healthy for Star Trek, and I'm happy about that. With loads of different stuff as well, keeps it interesting. Um, has anyone got any more news that since you know from during our break? I had some very exciting news today, which oh. Ben very kindly tagged me into. So when I got up this morning, I looked at my phone. I was very excited because at Grudge, who we will no doubt be speaking about later, um, has an official Twitter account. The fucking uh, cat. Yeah, cat. Oh, yeah. Alright. And uh, <clears throat> to be fair, the first wee while I was like, I'm not convinced they've quite got the pitch of this right yet. Um, however, cat. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, like it's a satirical account. Like you gotta have the right level of like you've got to get like what it is you're doing. You got to do it well. Um, but then this morning, it turned out that the cat had posted about if it was a shapeshifter, it would want to be Dame Maggie Smith. Um, <laughs> who happens to be, like, you know, a massive hero of mine. Um, so, yes, there's this whole big, like, in-joke about the fact that, she, like, this cat wants to be Maggie Smith, which is clearly a McGonagall reference, because McGonagall is played by Maggie Smith and shifted to a cat. Um, and it was Genie Mouse. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ, wow. So that's on Twitter. That's on that Twitter. That Twitter sounds fascinating. Uh, has anyone else got a bit of anything before we crack I on? I've got a snippet. Uh, I'm going to be vaguely serious for a minute, actually. Um, and it's it's vaguely Star Trekky, but um, as people who listen regularly know, I am Queen Mother of, of the Basement. 
um, where Prime Lotta resides. Um, some of our girls this weekend have been doing um, sort of fun run race for the kids for Great Ormond Street. Um, and we have now collectively as a fan group just hit £5,000 uh, raised and donated hey. to various charities. So I'm really, really proud of all the girls who take part. Um, thank you to lots of friends of the basement who, who kind of share our stuff and participate and donate things. Um, and thank you to Jason for very patiently signing things, which we raffle and stuff. But that was that was some nice news, I thought. Brilliant news. Well done, Absolutely. team basement. Well done. Um, cool. Anyone else before we crack on? Cool. Well, I'm going to stick in a trailer. Feels like a dream, this world. A strange, beautiful dream. All decks prepare for impact. I've been searching for clues as to what caused the burn. Answers that might help to bring the Federation together again. So much we still do not know. It is quite extraordinary, the journey we have had. Ah, oh, there she is. The science vessel's practically a museum. Okay, well, museums are cool, so... That's what someone who lives in a museum would say. The Federation gave me a mission and a purpose. Five unidentified vessels incoming. Because the problems often seem insurmountable. Let's go! But haven't we always risen to meet them? I'm about to do something that might get us both killed. I'm gonna enjoy this new world. Discovery carried us into the future. We will make that future bright. You are going to figure out what caused the burn and help to rebuild the Federation. We all will. Hello. I'm not a cat person. No. <laughs> oh my word discovery's back um i just want to before i really get in deep in this review i just want to get your sort of first thoughts on the, this the brand new episode uh me personally i i watched it um just as it came out pretty much straight away i, I mean i just i adored it it was everything and more than i expected i think um but yeah I'm, I'm i'm big on board with this um so i just want to tell you i'm going to be positive uh lindsay I think there has never been an episode of Star Trek that was more perfect for the time in which it was made. I just, I think it's, I just love it. I think it, I cried quite a lot at several points. Yeah. I just, I think it was absolutely stunning. Yeah, no, no, I'd, yeah. Uh, so that's two Ps, two positives. Uh, it's okay, cheeky little chappy. Right, uh, okay. I enjoyed it. I liked it. But I was expecting the the Discovery crew in there as well, and I was disappointed with that. I expected it to just carry it straight on with the Discovery crew there. So maybe my expectations weren't yeah. quite met. Neutral. So we've got PPN. Uh, Andrea? I'm very positive, but I did a thing. I did a silly and it came up on the home screen for Netflix, so I clicked on Discovery. And you know when it does the previously? I was watching yes. this previously, and I'm thinking, God, they're going back all the way to Series 1 yet. <laughs> and I'm thinking, fucking hell, there's a lot of locker in this, like, previously. Are they trying to tell us something? <laughs> and about halfway through the previously, I thought, like, 
this isn't for the correct episode. And the previously I was watching was following on from the last time we did a discovery episode on the podcast, which was Choose Your Pain. So I was like, uh... oh, I'm watching the wrong thing. Um, so I, in a way, it probably had a mountain to climb to like block as well. But I did genuinely love it. Yeah. I thought it was great. It's good, and good. For the first time, I think, since the show started, I was 100% on board <laughs> Team Michael. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I grew, I grew, she grew on me from annoying the shit out of me to growing on me in this episode. So that was nice. So that's good positive. So that's two PPPN, John. Yeah, I, to- I totally loved it. I think the, um, the futuristic things that they did were on point. The, the entire filming was gorgeous. Mm. Michael Burnham's suddenly had that stick slightly taken out of her ass. That's <laughs> always nice. Yeah. Um, yeah, and she bosses at this episode, does us an equal amount in green. So, uh, very positive. Very positive for me. Oh, this is going to be a good podcast. Only Sucky might be a bit grumpy. No, no look, I'm not being grumpy, grumpy. What I'm saying is, I expected the crew, the Discovery crew, to be many. Fucking entitled. The whole episode. So entitled. In Suki's defence, I will absolutely say that it's called Discovery. It what is, is right because like, like I had managed my expectations because <laughs> we'll get... a this is Discovery and we've established that it is in fact actually more about Burnham than perhaps somebody like me would like it to be. Um, and I'd also seen enough from the trailers to realise that there was going to be a certain period of like separation. So maybe I just managed my expectation better, but I totally understand what you're saying. Anyway, I feel, I feel we're getting a bit deep for, our, uh, for the first vibe, uh, but I, so I'm going to introduce a new section of the show called Discover Me, Discover You. Uh-huh. Discover me, discover you. Uh-huh. There is nothing else I Me, discover you. Basically, what I want to do is let our listeners get to know our hosts a bit better. So I'm going to ask you each a question, um, you know, and so so it'll give people an insight into you. Lindsay, I'm going to come to you first. We'll start off with you. Um, if you had two pets, you know, like a dog or like turtles or ferrets, something, uh, and, and you had to name them after a double act, which double act would you name the pets after? Ask an easy question, why don't you? Um, I have, I have too much, I have too many fandoms for this to be an easy decision. You know, like ah. pets, prize possessions. You're gonna love these pets. So, watch the, who's your favourite, like double act that you love, that you're gonna name them after. I, uh, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Um, um. This is going me... well, isn't it? I thought, I thought it was. <laughs> um, I tell you what, Lindsay, snappy Lindsay. Answer, I, snappy answer. I, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna. No, okay, I'm gonna... okay. Snappy answer. Safe from McGonagall. Who? Snape and McGonagall, because yeah, you love them off Harry Potter's. Like I, I think so. I, I like their little banter. They have some bands. It's good. Um, are they doing the world of fanfic? Maybe they don't in reality anymore. I forget. Oh, the, the boundaries are blurry in my head. You could have one called Jane, and then one Way. Jane Way. That would be... Um, <laughs> I have oh recently watched some uh, X-Files for the first time in a very long time, so Mulder and Scully Mulder are always going to yeah. be there. It's a good one. Very popular, I believe. Oh. All right, cool. Well, are you going to stick with your Harry Potter ones? I am. Awesome. Uh, right, John, I'm going to come to you next. Okay. So I'm, right. I'm a very good driver. 
of a car right. and vehicle. And I, cause it's only because I took an advanced driving course, so I'm able to, to drive in more, more styles of flip-flop sandals. So my question is to you, what is the most challenging footwear you can drive in? Uh, heels. You can drive in heels? Oh, my yeah. word, John. Can you walk in them? <laughs> yeah. And drive? Oh, my yeah. word. That's a sexy thought, that. Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah, how often have you done that? Hold that image in your hair. You hee-hawing and driving. That's a nice That's a nice thought and very erotic. Andrea, I'm going to come yes. to you now. So you're going to paint your spare room, and it's going to be mainly used for having guests to stay over. So it's not being used for, like, you know, like a personal space, you know, home office, gym, dungeon, that kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, so would you paint it? Would you use the sort of standard off-the-shelf paint? It's spare room, but it's going to be used for guests. Or would you pay that bit extra for some bespoke luxury paint? Well, I'm about to get my house painted, um, and I'll be well, honest. Spare room, this. spare room, you know. So it's you know. Um, I would pay extra money for some hideous like neon paint, and I'll keep that room for guests because I don't like house guests. Amazing. I people in my house, so I want to deter them from sleeping in my house at all costs. So I'm going to paint the walls like neon yellow. Amazing. That was a lot more aggressive than I thought. I like that because I, I, I was thinking more. If you just use this, the, the boring paint off the shelf, you didn't spend the extra. You're not bothered about the guests, guests but you've gone full hog. Fuck them. Yeah. Here's some neon, you bastards. Get out of my house. <laughs> don't that. sleep here. Yeah, don't fucking sleep here. Fuck off. That's I love that. It's great. Ready, more question. Then. But finally, Suki, just this this one's for you, and then, and then we'll get on. Okay, so Suki, have you ever pleasured yourself or someone else in a public space? Yes. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Which which one? Which one? No, Give us the that's deets. what you're gonna get. That's my details done, dusted, finished. Carry on. I thought we'd get more out of that, Suki. Yeah, what? so did they. The <laughs> <story> was... <laughs> <laughs> I've just got an image of uh, Sucky having a wank in a park. That's all I've got in my head. <laughs> on some in ducks. A big park <laughs> on some ducks. Beautiful. <laughs> Beautiful imagery. Uh, right, okay. Well, wait, I think wait, we... wait, wait, wait. If you're going to yeah. ask us obscure questions and it's yeah. knowing me or discovering you, discovering yeah. me, do we not get to ask you some random question too? You can ask me, ask me what you want. Like, oh, right. excellent. We have, can we have the Sucky question asked to you? Yeah. No, oh, okay. A church? Well, listen, that's an easy answer. I can almost guarantee the answer to that is going to be yes, and he's going to tell Yeah, but he's going to give you some loud more detail, isn't he? And I do not want that in my head. Back at Club M. That was mental, that one. Uh, so, so yeah, you have a Club M in your arm, £10, or you can drink all night, water down vodka and that. Ran, really random. And then I, then, I met, then I saw her about uh, six months later in a random gig at Dales, and she walked in with her boyfriend, and I was like, ooh, I'll just go hide behind my base for a bit. So anyway, there we go. There we go. Lovely. Anyway, it's time to get <laughs> time to get into this review. Jeez. We were saying just before we had that um, lovely section, um, get to know everybody, that um, you were a bit worried about Discovery not being into it. Now, uh, the, the crew not being in it. What, what I, I kind of loved, because I think people said before before we left the had a break for the podcast that um, it would be the case of a sort of Burnham heavy couple of episodes I really liked it it reminded me a bit of in a way Doctor Who or the introduction of New Who so it's kind of simplified this to get you to get to know this world or this future and I like that because you've got all little bits like at the beginning with the awesome futuristic beds and all that cool stuff because I was wanting some cool future stuff and I, and I feel I got that. But I just like I quite liked getting to know the character literally through book 
or through the world through book and then Burnham and it all goes on from there. Um, yeah, you, you want to see the Discovery crew, but I re- as an introduction, like I said, this time, um, I thought it was mint, and I think yeah, books mint. Um, Burnham grew on me massively. She was demanding straight away. But she smashed it out of the park acting wise this week. Like she, or, you know, this episode, she did a bit of everything. Um, so I've kind of warmed to her. But I did, I liked it personally. Um, the, the not Discovery crew yet, and she's got to find them. I mean, there's a bunch of questions that this first episode leaves us, which is quite nice. Like, uh, what's all that stuff about the Gorn destroying two light years of subspace and, and what the burn really is about and how that comes about and all that sort of stuff. So. We've got plenty to go on with, and I think the only thing that really lets the episode down a little bit is the is the convenience of finding the only good person from like presumably light years around, which just bumps into him literally in space, which is massive, and it kind of feels a little bit like it was like forced down that route. They could have been a bit more subtle with that, I think. I did, I did love that name, Buck. I've never because I've sort of never heard any. Well, Oh, his name's stuff. Cleveland Cleveland Booker, isn't it? So yeah. he's named after like like Cleveland, like like where Middlesbrough is. I don't yeah. understand that. <laughs> <laughs> so, so named after Cleveland from the family car. There's no family books car. in Cleveland. <laughs> <laughs> the, Can I just say that I did so, not know that Certainly not that don't have pictures. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I should not be surprised that Cleveland America is named after presumably a Cleveland in the UK, but I did not know that there was a Cleveland in the UK. What? Never ignorance is, is always joyful. We've broken Lindsay now because she now she knows too much now. Yeah. You know, now know I'm, where middle school is. Nobody needs to know that shit. Yeah. Try not to impart too much knowledge to people. That's what you should be doing, John. So so just to pick up on what uh, Bob was saying though about like this feeling like they'd done like a bit of a, a Doctor Who style reboot. Like it, I actually wrote down in my notes that this felt quite like an episode of Doctor Who. Like there were some bits of it that I, like the name of the planet is Heme. That felt really Doctor Who. I felt like Burnham had a real Amy Pond feel about her. Like there was just like there was something about it. Like I, I absolutely loved it. But there were one. Well, this feels quite Doctor Who. See, I got I got Star Wars vibes at times. Yeah, me you know, too. Yeah. That market and stuff like it. Visually, it was a bit Blade Runnery, but yeah. I, I definitely got some some Star Wars vibes as I was going through. Certainly, uh, the the trans the transworm is very Star Wars for me. That yeah. looks like the kind of thing you might have seen on Star Wars. Feature. <laughs> With its little blue lights, uh, I got Avatar. Yeah. That. Um, yeah so Disco, so you were grumping a bit before. So no, no I weren't grumping. Well, okay, okay. The the I, as I says, my expectations was I expected it to be with the disco crew coming straight in with them. But the episode was really solid. It was really solid. And you, you'd you got to know Burnham, as you said, through Buck's eyes and how she... And Sonika Martin-Green, she held the whole episode together. And she went from being her persona uh, before uh, everything, you know, and everything happened, right, at the beginning of the episode. And then she went through that little phase with the drugs takes it and that brought out another persona yeah. which is you know she's quite chatty and would like to let all her feelings out and all this stuff which was great and I, love then, the, I love the little line about Tilly as well yeah, I've got a red friend never show her this I was like that's great <laughs> and then you got to her right at the end where she's she's got the help where she's found this other person uh, I don't know what was his name Sahail uh, and she's found him and she's got the help that there might still be 
some remnants of the Federation out there and she's going to try and find it and there's the hope there and it just it did have a solid journey all the way through and I enjoyed that but as it says my expectation at the beginning of the episode was I expected some discovery it wasn't there but that does not spoil my enjoyment of the episode because it yeah. was great I mean, it, it, for first it looked amazing I, I thought I was watching a proper film you know, like proper blockbuster Hollywood movie kind of thing, and what yeah. I did love about when you said about Berman when Berman when she took the drugs, I I love seeing the sort of much more sensitive side of her character, and I loved seeing her at the end where her and Buck were on that planet with the transworms, and she just looked at him and thought you're just lovely and good, and she's lovely and good at heart, and I don't know I just, I really warmed to Berman a lot more than I have. Without I've got the feeling sense. she's been written less sanctimonious than she has been in previous seasons. Yeah. Which, because she's very much, um, uh, I don't know what the word is, she's very much up her own ass a little bit. And I think I think we needed a little bit of like her genuinely joyful at finding out that there's people alive these days. And then uh, trippy stuff where she's like, oh man, and all that sort of stuff. We got to see a little bit of Burnham that we didn't normally see rather than the control freak that she normally is. Like I have, I, I've, I've encountered some challenges with some of the decisions that were made about Burnham all the way through, um, but I am constantly being smacked in the face at the moment by the fact that when we enjoy Burnham, it's when she is significantly less Vulcan. Um, because a lot of the tendencies towards sanctimony and you're absolutely right like she had a stick up her ass um but that i think very much came from the fact that they were trying to give her this really kind of like vulcan demeanor and like this vulcan training and and particularly like in the flashbacks in season one she's like super vulcan-esque in like the kind of very detached fashion um and particularly in this episode like it starts with such a roller coaster of emotion and like she like sonika martin green totally took me with her on that like that Mm sense of you know that instantaneous human she reaches out for discovery she doesn't get her but then she goes right well let's just check if this has worked at all and that release that catharsis when it has like i absolutely was there with her and therefore she kind of almost starts the episode on such an emotional roller coaster that all of that vulcan training is kind of thrown out the window so therefore what we see is a much more human side of her I do, I do think that they, uh, the writers, certainly, they learned from season one and rewrote slightly differently for season two because of it. I think they've done exactly the same in this instance as well. And what that means is that very slowly we're getting like, it's, I mean, all the way through this first episode, which was, like you say, it's a roller coaster. There was so much going on uh, and it was engaged all the way through. You didn't feel like we were being shortchanged in any way. I think they're getting into their stride, to be honest. The thing is, as well, the writers have changed every season as well. And then they've all come on board thinking this is the no, way but... it's got to be with uh, with her with her character. They've got to evolve it to make it a bit more likeable uh, <laughs> sort of character, I assume. I think that journey's. I think that that's written into the story, into the plot, though, isn't it? Because when she arrived, she'd been living with Vulcans. She was very cold. She was meant to be like that. And she's kind of through experience, she's kind of softening, and that more human aspect of a character is probably coming out more because she's spending more time with other humans. So I, I think it's intentional. I, I think they're going on that journey with her. I don't think you were meant to love her in series one. Um, I yeah. really don't think she was written that way. It well, it's about to say in episode one, she mutinies, which is not something they usually do to somebody we're supposed to like. 
I think she's con- I think she's been consciously written as a challenging character, but I think over time, like and as I say, I've I've never disliked her, but I've, she's always been quite interesting to watch. But I've never kind of like rooted for her, and I felt like when I watched this one, I was like massively like cheering for her. I found her so much more relatable when she was sprayed with some like spacey and she was like having a happy old time. Um, that might just be me, um, but I do have to point something out because it it was really, really glaring and obvious. You cannot slap somebody that many times in the law of tropes and not shag them. So I think we are pretty much building up to a little wee relationship there. Oh, that's definitely... That's definitely well, I was going to say, I, I, I totally pro that relationship, but again, about the slapping, I thought it was really, like, um, it reminded me very much Was she much slapping of, or was she punching? Well, hitting in the face in general. Um, so is that so, how you know when a girl wants to sleep with you, she twats you? In, <laughs> in, in all sorts of... TV, right, yeah. Oh, you know, right, okay. It was like fanfic, like enemies to friends to lovers. I'm like, I'm watching yeah. this play out. And they were forced to work together. Um, it's a bit like the one bed trope. Um, but yeah, and then he did a, a sort of lingering shirtless scene. It was like, yeah, I know where this is going. <laughs> and um, he was, he, he's, I mean, he's a very, very attractive man. And oh. Very, very, very oh, good yes. actor. Yes, as yes, well. yes. <laughs> wow. It's really a hard shift. All right, settle down, guys. <laughs> well, he is. Yeah. There's no doubt about it. You know, he's, he's a, he is a beautiful man uh, and a nice yeah. guy. He's a bit and of he's he was a very a, nice boy. He was a bit of Han Solo, as I thought. He had a bit of the Han Solos about him um, initially, anyway. Yeah, that opening, certainly, that's a sort of Han Solo moment, wasn't it? Where he's yeah. getting chased by another... But, you know, he's also a conservationist as well, which is like something that I think they've been borrowing from Star Star Trek movies. Mm. And, like, Save the Whales bit, I think this is a little bit... This is... This is uh, it's not preachy. But this is going to have a meaning, and this is why he's going to have quite an important. Uh, I mean, he's Doctor Doolittle, isn't he? So he talks to the animals. animals. Yeah, yeah. The plans. Yeah. I, I, re- I really liked that he gave this like massive like future tech bubble speak, and then described someone who's been slow as shit, like he was from South London, and it just like <laughs> it was talking about like a banged up motor. Um, I thought that was that was quite a nice little touch of character there. Oh, I see where Andrea, I see where we're going now. Oh no, we yeah, I've just my little dials. Are, yeah, we, we we've arrived in the orbit of the planet Vincent Basin Basement One, and I want us oh, all to yeah. transport down to to this Vincent Basement One planet, um, just to get some vinisms um, from Andrea. Welcome to the planet. Vincent, basement one. <laughs> so, sorry, sorry, sorry. Before we beam down, you start, you started getting a bit vin. Um, so now yeah. we're on in this basement. Do you want to, do you want to give us some vinisms, please, Andrea? Well, I'm slightly concerned about this guy who apparently has just been manning the fort on his own for 40 years. Because when we saw under his bed, just as it was disappearing, <laughs> there were no crusty socks there, <laughs> and you're not convincing me that there wouldn't be. Um, Maybe they're like hollow socks, you know, like they just disappear like the bed and the chairs do. That like 3D brushing your teeth thing, come on, you're not telling me there isn't some 3D corn <laughs> pops up on that now who are sod. And I think the other thing is as well, you see, he's all nice, he gets like his nice smart jacket on and sits at his desk. But now we've had lockdown, we've all worked from home, haven't we? And we know that's utter bullshit. Like any other day, he's like sitting in his jammers, eating shitty food, watching Judge Judy. <laughs> Because if, if that's his job, like, literally gets up, sits there, dresses, gets dressed, sits there all day, really smart for 40 years. 
yeah, we people. Said, yeah. We had to do it for like your own. 10 weeks or something and we were all just like <laughs> sitting around watching The Walking Dead in pyjamas and doing this type of thing. So I don't believe he did that every day. I mean, he's I not even he getting paid for it. He's a volunteer, isn't he, for Starfleet? Well, if he's a volunteer, then even less realistic. Yeah, like, he must board his shit in there. Like, he hasn't even got any pictures on the walls. Like I might paint his bedroom neon. Um, <laughs> I, have, I, have, I have remarked on shirtless book um, is likely to... Neil Burnham like a sheet of fucking plywood <laughs> um, and I really hope the burn is that the Federation was destroyed by a really cutting remark from a bitchy queen <laughs> I, I, I quite like the idea of this, this, this being that holds um, the, the whatever you know the, the crystals together um, and they get a Chinese burn and the pain <laughs> and anguish and the scream from this being that holds it all together gets you know it just smashes all crystals and that the burn Chinese burn could be. All could I can think about is all these ace female characters who could be giving or delivering this burn. I'm like, is it Gainan? Is it the Borg Queen? Like, who is it that is going to deliver this like one crucial burn? The burn burner. <laughs> is there any more from the basement, Vin? Um, I think I've been quite well behaved this week. Far too well behaved. Far yeah. too well behaved. I've not heard Loki yet though. Is he? Is he about? He's all right. He's he's staying quiet. He's watching the telly. He's cool. having his little Sunday night telly time. Well, I tell you, uh, I tell you what. Have you got another one? Was that another one? I I, I did note that um, clearly COVID's still around because they were taking temperatures as they were trying to get into the um, <laughs> that marketplace. Yeah. Um, it's a bit like trying um. to get to the local pub. Um, nice to see Burnham jacked on some sort of spacey, which I've mentioned. And also in the shootout, I'm glad to see, as tradition holds, bad guys can't hit a cow's ass with a banjo. Because <laughs> they must have had about like 9,000 free shots and didn't manage, like apart from a little graze on an arm, which was a plot point, um, they couldn't hit anybody. Yeah, they were a bit of a shit shot. Cool, well, I'm getting a bit damp and dark and a bit cold down here. So let's beam back up to the ship. I'll just give Morn a, a, Morn, Morn a little uh, ring. Morn, beam us back up. You what? Oh, put her down. Beamers back up. Well, that was nice. Bit of a change. Get, getting your legs stretched on stretched on another planet. Uh, so we were so we were reviewing obviously uh, that hope is you part one, and it's so far so far so far positive. I, I have a, well, I kind of have a couple of negatives. Well, kind of anyway. Um, you know they have these personal transports that they use to get back to the ship. Well, why did they walk fucking miles? This station when he had one all along, or did he nick one when he was there? You know the personal transporter. Mm-hmm. Even him walked all the way there, but if you had a personal transporter, they could have just come back. Do you know what I mean? Oh, I think, I, think might... I, I would put that into the same category of like clearly like energy and conservation are a bigger thing in this century than they are in like. Well, so you're, so you're saying you're saying that trans personal transporters are pollute, polluting or something? Well, they need to be charged up so they're for their energy consuming. And he is concerned about energy, and he does not have access or limited access to things like dilithium, which is what we're kind of used to in the world of Star Trek. Yeah. Um, so, or perhaps he he is just trying to be ecologically sound, or perhaps they are like a an emergency only thing as opposed to like a yeah do it thing. Mm. 
don't know. I just thought, I just thought, like, I just as soon as I when it's the way back, I was like, well, why didn't you do that on way there? Cause it's fucking miles away. Uh, but yeah, that was uh, sort of very negative. Well, it's not it's even negative. Point though, because this will be the first time in Star Trek where we've seen people not just like have access to stuff in an unlimited fashion. Like, because yeah. I was thinking, why can't they just replicate it? <clears throat> everything else but they clearly can't but it is it's the first time we've had to see people like like scratch around for stuff because normally stuff's just there no one worries about where it's coming from I, or, like, think, I, I don't think there's any issue with power at all i think there's an issue with dilithium for warp travel but i think power is still freely available so a replicate as i imagine would still be a thing and um and personal transporters there'll be personal uh, there'll be a thing as well because there's not an energy issue. Clearly, the amount of bloody lights in all these places they visit. I must, I must admit, though, but, 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 but again, like Starfleet have just, always transported just... everywhere, but the pub, the general public haven't necessarily. And I think that's one of those interesting kind of Starfleet versus the entire Federation or the entire population thing. Well, is, is... well now they're not there, are they? So you do have this much more... Um, it's know, a like, fat, and it's a lighter anyway. Yeah, so, yeah. You know, Smugly kind of. I tell you what. I tell you what. The per, I tell you what I did love about the personal transport though was for the fight scenes. It was very like portal. It was mint. You know, like just bam, bam. You know, like so it was all part of like you know like an awesome computer game like portal or whatever. We can just away and shoot, shoot, shoot and all that. I thought that was class. The action was brilliant in this. I really, really thought it was awesome. Well, it starts off really well, doesn't it? That that initial um, after the chase scene that books in. And they crash down the whole crash into um, Eam or whatever the hell it's called. Uh, that's all really nicely done. Like, I mean, she proper hits it with a. It's the plank dead ad. And I noticed she was standing up like I stand up when I've got a bad back. It's like, ooh, ah, ooh, you know. So, you know, it's all good. It's all good. And also, I noticed that Space uh, Booker was, Book was saying that he's space broke. I, I always do love uh, space. Uh, with the word yeah. space in front of it. <laughs> you love it, yeah. Just for sci-fi's. Uh, well, oh, yeah, yeah, but maybe that comes back to like being like broke, like space broke is like I can't travel anywhere because I haven't got any dilithium. Is different from broke broke, which is like I have no money to eat or I have no whatever it is I need to trade. Oh no, yeah, I, I agree, but uh, just the fact that the, it exists as a term. Is issues with food though, because that guy who, who said he was going to slow roast the cat was talking about like that feed a whole planet, and clearly he wanted that space worm thing to eat. Well, there is well, some degree of, of shortage somewhere, I suspect, because otherwise I, you wouldn't be roasting a cat, would you? Well, I do sus- I'm also partially suspecting that the cat is not what she seems, or he seems, uh, because, um, you know, it's got a thyroid condition. It's it's 31 whatever. They can sort that fucking shit out. So I just I think that was a joke, though. Arguably not a very funny one. But... I've got a thyroid in, in my ear. I'm definitely not here. What I was saying. You're fucking what? We've all got a thyroid, that's the point. Is it not in your ear? No. No. You learn something every day, don't you? It's good, isn't it? Um, Anyway. Anyway. (laughs) The whole fucking point of that that comment was the fact that. Uh, and also he mentions that she's a queen as well as Booker, so the cat might not be uh, a cat, it might be something else in the guise of a cat. Female cats are queens. It's McGonagall, isn't it? That is well, like technical terms. Maggie Queen suddenly appears. 
you know what? That's a whole that that's possibly... a whole Maggie Smith thing reference that they've just done on Twitter, then, isn't it? Well, well, interestingly, the whole thing was built around shape shifting, so that could be like a little seed for something later. You never know. You never know. I think, but there's definitely been a thing in Star Trek whereby eating live animals is not something that we traditionally see Federation planets partaking in. We're certainly not Starfleet officers, like. The Klingons only, only when like, they've got the Klingons around. They do. Like, the Klingons are like the, the fact that they actually like eat live animals seems to be like a bit of a thing. Um, so, yeah, I think I think yeah. I think Cosmo was just having a go at him. He wasn't suggesting he was literally going to feed the cat to an entire nation. No, but they were definitely going to eat the worm because it's best served live. Who's, eat, who's eating cats? Pussy. I, didn't <laughs> there. I just left it for someone else. <laughs> Eat me up right there. Um, so, cat. Obviously, you've got a thing for the cats and that. Who? So, you really like this cat thing? It's got a Twitter account, when you or something? Yeah, Grudge the Cat has a Twitter account. Uh, yeah, we'll see. We'll see. It was. It was. It was funny. We will see. We will see. Um, there, as with everything, there are like thirty thousand theories that you could start spouting out but we really have very little to base them on so i feel like we need to, just need to enjoy what we're going to get for the next few weeks oh definitely and kind of go from there but there I are some... that's that's not what we're here for is it we're here to spout that shitty theory though that's the whole point of this podcast <laughs> i thought we were here to just spout... how much we yeah, liked we ain't got time for so... thirty thousand theories though have we well it depends how quickly i speak um one <laughs> two <laughs> so there we go i am um... So if we, to go back to what John was saying about how how beautiful like the the actual filming is the 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 the, the kind of piece in general, like I loved Picard and I really enjoyed it, but when I've come back to revisit Discovery, cause, like I did a bit of a rewatch before they started off, I had forgotten just how beautiful it is, and that is partly direction, it is partly cinematography, it's partly costume design, but it is just glorious um, and the scenery in this episode was particularly beautiful um, and the music I like when the opening um, when we see Sahil to begin with in his amazing holographic slash morphing yeah. room um, like I thought that was really interesting and it was just an interesting choice and I was like I, that sounded false that music that sounded like synthesised orchestration music it didn't sound like it sounded false to me well, the like chances were it was keyboard. probably like my understanding is that most of the music was recorded during lockdown, so it may well have been done in a less live no. fashion than it normally no, would have was, been done. The rest of the music was like orchestration; they recorded it properly. Uh, but that little clip just it sounded like a really bad synthesizer doing orchestration, just like you know. I didn't. I was it really annoyed me. In fact, that little okay. opening theory because I really liked the fact that classical music was there, but it did sound like synthesizer strings and quite cheap. So, okay. Yeah. Well, the, the the stylistic choice I really enjoyed. Um, I am perhaps less attuned to the quality of the strings than you are, um, but I think it was an interesting choice and I enjoyed that choice. Um, and it kind of took me down. It made me think of, uh, like, ambassadors and like European. Uh, Institutions, which in and of itself is an interesting Ferrero assumption. Yeah, Ferrero Rocher. That's what I was thinking. <laughs> well, yeah, and it was interesting that that was the choice they had made, and what we can read into that is is interesting about ambassadors and about what we think of as cultural exchange and stuff. But it was, uh, yeah, I enjoyed I enjoyed that choice. Oh, One thing I didn't enjoy was uh, Book and Burnham's fight. 
which was in terms of like Star Trek fights, pretty generic and awful. It looked very choreographed. I mean, I know obviously they're all choreographed, but it looked it rather than you know it shouldn't have looked it. It should have it felt more real. Can't any worse than Kirk fighting the Gorn, more realistic. Oh no, I mean, <laughs> the bar's it's not that far, high. Star Trek scraps. It's far better than that, but it still, you know, left me a little bit. Oh come on. It didn't really feel like either of them were all that invested in actually hurting the other one. No, exactly. There was no all the punches looked like they were meant to miss. Well, but, she didn't want to hurt him because she did say she, I'm not she fighting you. And I don't think he's a kid. She literally, yeah. she literally think, wanted to hurt him. Yeah, well, she and punched I don't him think four times. She was fucking invested in hurting him. Oh, but that's different. That's what you that's know somebody and they've irritated you. Yeah, that was that. Oh, yeah, stuff. that's fine. Just violence is fine. Let's go down that route. Oh, yeah, hey, tell you what. <clears throat> so on our little uh, journey, I thought I'd break it up a bit, you know, so it's not all Star Trek and all that. So I'm go- we're going to actually, if, it's a little treat for you. Yeah, you've all seen it on the on the telly or YouTube. Um, but I thought I'd give us a little beamers down to John's workshop uh, in a in a segment I, I like to call John Give Me Wood Tips. So we're just going to beam over there. Welcome to John's workshop, and I've asked him to give me wood. John, thank you for letting us into let us beam out, beam into your woodcraft area studio. Um, so, any any sort of aspiring woodworking people that listen to this podcast, have you got any tips or advice for them? Wow. Working with the medium um, of wood, give me give me wood tip. What, you want a wood tip, right? Wood uh, tip. Right. All right. If you're gluing two bits of wood together and they start to move, you might think about putting a pinch of salt in the glue. Ooh, so, so that roughage. it doesn't move about when you clamp them together. There you go. That's that's your tip. So if you if you glue slip it, if you if you got slippy glue, put a bit of salt in it, uh, and it'll give it some friction. Is that right, John? But, yep, but, that's what I just but, said. For, yep. for listeners, there we go. So there you go. Anyway, you're welcome. <clears throat> uh, and there my, might be more. My entire takeaway from that is slippy wood and friction. <laughs> yeah, it's my, exactly what's mine, Andrea. It was brilliant, John. It was perfect. <laughs> Uh, I think we've all taken some away there. But, yeah, for any aspiring uh, woodcrafters, there you go. Uh, put salt in your glue. Anyway, let's get back to the ship and get on this review. Yeah, so there were bugs. There were bugs. Like, at the opening of season one, we got some bugs again. And I was like, oh, bless. Yeah. The bugs are back. Was did, just you not, did you box. not think it was a bit of a rape scene, though? Like the, the, <laughs> well, it, looked, it looked a bit rapey. <laughs> Insect no. when, when that when that book ate another book. I yeah. That, yeah, I don't think that's right. <laughs> what oh. eating eating someone while you're banging him? I think uh, that that's was... not traditionally what the <laughs> definition of rape is. Well, I don't know. Let's not, let's not up to the rape gate in this series. Did um, that book <laughs> ask for forgiveness first or not? That's what I want to know. I don't know. I don't know what language they're spoken in, Bugs. You know, if they spoke a different language, yeah, no. Who knows? I feel like so, asking about consent in Bugs is probably not the most profound thing we could do. No. We no, could also talk about the right. fact that when Burnham threw up after she crashed, she literally threw up a mouthful of water, uh, which is one of those really petty little things that I was like, I just don't understand. Like, that was literally a mouthful of water. Mouthful of water. Was, was, it, was it water, though? Was it water? Eh? It looks very much like water. Yeah. Mm. You never know. Lime juice. 
One thing I did notice on the, uh, and you know, you have subtitles on on Netflix stuff. The transworms were listed on the uh, subtitles as transworms. Trans transworms, isn't it? Yes, it's supposed to be trans, but they were, it said trans, but it was it was subtitled as transworms, and I'm thinking PC, that sounds a bit weird. PC, isn't it? Just... That's cool. No, no, like tr- trans, yeah, yeah. It's a word; it means things, and therefore it does actually make sense in that context. But whether it was a, a good choice or not, it's a different conversation, I think. Very true. Uh, Andrew, you've been quiet for a while. I'm worried I about you. I was just going to say, did everybody spot the nice little Enterprise reference that even I got? It was so obvious. Oh. Rare tell. So, why was time travel? Are they talking about why time travel was there? Oh, yeah. Oh, the temporal Ta- Temporal Cold War. Yeah. Yeah. So, that there was a little reference oh. to that happening. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. Enterprise TV series. Sorry about that. There was <laughs> also a reference to Voyager uh, when there was. Um, they mentioned. But book mentioned some sort of crystal or whatever, and that's something to do with the slipstream drive, isn't it? That um. Yeah. So he did mention the slip. He does mention a slipstream slipstream drive, which is something that Voyager did attempt to use to get home. Ah. To a greater or lesser degree of success. Oh, yeah, I can't remember how big that jump was, but. I saw, I saw a meme or something. Meme? Is it meme or meme? Meme. <laughs> Uh, it, it was uh, to do with like Jane when that slipstream. If she had that, uh, she, it looked quite good. It was she was wearing a uh, Discovery uniform, and it was like if I'd have had this slipstream drive, you know, where they got home and all that. It wasn't, it wasn't a really funny one. It just I th- thought she looked quite cool. I, well, I think it's quite interesting that like there was a bit of a kickback about the spore drive about like if Federation had the or Starfleet had the knowledge of the spore drive, then why wouldn't they have just like sent that to Voyager? I mean, like come home using this technology. Yeah. Um, and clearly the answer to that is quite a lot of technology is discovered, used, found to be problematic and then kind of forgotten in the Star Trek world. That's like a thing. Well, well, well we also get, remember the Omega Particle? Yes! Yeah. Well, that might be what the what the God used to destroy a bit of subspace. Could have been. The Omega Directive uh, is so, fun. I think, there's, I think there's definitely room for all these sort of theories. I think there is. And I love, I actually... Having seen this episode, I kind of hope that they keep Discovery where they now are in terms of time, because actually there is so much potential there. Oh, yeah. And particularly when there's other seasons going on and different kind of we're getting different kind of things in different spaces. I think, yeah, it's really interesting. That's what I liked about the sort of sparse opening with just sort of two central characters. It's to sort of like give you an indication, a little taste of this new world or the future. And then expand from there rather than going, bah, here it all is, you know, with everyone there. I, I did, that's why another reason why I really like just, just having Burnham and Buck. Um, well, it's, a clean, it's, clean, it's a clean slate, isn't it? As yeah, well. yeah, they and can, it felt like that as well. It's proper sci-fi. You can get your ideas out and you can go anywhere yeah. you want. So it's, it's nice. I mean, I think for me, like, the spore drive alone, you know, throughout Discovery has been a, obviously amazing tech, mind-blowing kind of thing. Um, but obviously it's got, it's with the Federation broke up or lost or whatever it's they were the sort of things that kept the people that kept everyone together now you don't have that it's a lot more individuals and and all that kind of thing rather than everyone working together um i just yeah it's, it's a it's a bleaker future um but still with hope which i like i think it's it's that very specific kind of hope hasn't 
like there's an argument that Star Trek has always been about hope um, and all about the, the ideals of a future whereby we all get on better and the things that matter now don't matter so much. Um, but for me, what they are creating or what they seem to be starting to create in this is very much a, a new iteration of what hope feels like for a time when the, the world is on fire. Like I feel like I've said this several times in this podcast, but the world is still on fire. It's possibly more on fire than we thought it was possible for the world to be on fire. It could um, be worse. It could be worse. True but- facts. However, just occasionally something else happens and something else turns out to be worse than we thought it was. Um, and this feels like the right kind of hope for that in that even despite the odds, if there is a small number of people somewhere whose intention remains sound, there is hope. Yeah. And that for me is just so fundamental. I, I, I love I love I love hope. What I don't like uh, is patriotism in any way, shape or form. I hate it. I hate this in well, I hate insular patriotism, shall we say. You know, I'm British or I'm English or I'm American, whatever. Nationalism. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah, sorry, nationalism. And I hate, I just hate it. Because um, it's into, it's just looking in and it's just always people that are a bit um, small-minded and that kind of thing. So the ending jarred me a bit first time. Um, it, made, it made me feel like, you know, fucking America and all that. Um, but then I thought, sort of thought, well, no, because the Federation, it's not just a force, force for good and acceptance. Um, it unites people. You know, it unites people. It tries to make people better. It expands. So it's not completely the op- obviously the opposite of insular. And I love that. And that, so I kind of went from, oh, this scene feels like a bit like an American fucking, yeah, we're American or British it, and all that. Well, it's, it's like, any time you raise a flag, it, it sort of goes to me, uh, Americans love flags. Um, and I think, but I think apart from that, I think it's nice, as you say, it's nice to have a bit of hope and things. Yeah. But I wouldn't, I wouldn't sort of, I mean, speaking about what, what Lindsay just said, I, I wouldn't pr- perhaps correlate uh, what we're currently experiencing as the end of days kind of feeling. Uh, it's, it is, um, yeah, I think it's always a continual thing that we always seek, look for hope and, and sort of uh, positive things. And we can always extrapolate from any situation that we're in that it's, it's for that. So that's what Star Trek's mm. being good at. The hope, the hope is, sort of. Sorry, no, it's okay. No, the, the hope, the hope thing, yeah, it's right. But it's one of the little things that Michael says to Book. Is she says the the Federation isn't all about ships and vessels. It's about a vision and who all who believe in that vision and that vision has been instilled in uh, Burn and Michael as she's been growing up. And this is what she believes in as she uh, all through her adult life uh, as part of the Federation. And when she comes to this near future and it's all gone, and then she just thinks everything's gone. She couldn't, there's no discovery. There's no federation. There's no, no Starfleet. Anything like that at all. So when she comes across the hail, that's when she gets her hope. He gets her hope, and this is where they can then carry on forward and trying to find anybody else with the vision of the federation. Basically, I mean, it's when she, when she found out that the federation was kind of kaput. She proper lost it. She couldn't believe it. She kept saying, "That's impossible. That's impossible." But that's, I mean, and also a cor- uh, in conjunction with a book calling her a true believer, and the idea that there are true believers out there in this thing, and that is a little bit culty. 
for me, if you see what I mean. Yeah. There's a lot of religious imagery used in this, which I thought was quite interesting. She like she refers to what um, Book does as praying. There's a lot of chat about true believers and about faith. And it, it's it's just language or language choices, but they're, they're sometimes quite interesting, I think, when, when we kind of see that pattern. Yeah. It also raises the interesting question. An arrogance thought to go a thousand years into the future and expect things to be the bloody same. Like, realistically, like what's still kicking around now that was around a thousand years ago? Like now, so I don't know. I don't know why it was a surprise that like syphilis. syphilis. <laughs> you know what? I was about to say. I'm pretty sure if you took somebody from the height of the Victorian Empire and put them in the future, they'd still expect there to be a British Empire. Um, I'd like to think we've maybe moved past that, but who knows? Um, there's also the question of the difference between the Federation and Starfleet. What do you mean? Yeah, that's that's a blurred line at some point. Sometimes it is, and like, yeah, I think particularly when it comes to saying, you know, the Federation isn't about ships, like in vessels. Like, I think that's like the Federation is about a bigger ideal than simply Starfleet, or yeah. even the the merchant navy equivalent of whatever the Federation has. It is about that bigger cooperation. I mean, Starfleet is about ships. The Federation isn't. Yeah. Federation is the organisation, isn't it? Um, yeah. But if you imagined, uh, if we were in a, if we go back to medieval England or whatever, and then all of a sudden wind disappeared, um, and and you know you were left, everybody had to row everywhere again, like it was like the Greek era. I like it was like, that. That would that would be that would be such a massive momentous change. And I think. Yep. The idea of uh, dilithium being sort of super rare now and difficult to use and difficult to get hold of, uh, it takes away a lot of the uh, sort of... It was a little bit overpowered, the fact that they could go anywhere and everywhere. And, and once you, as soon as you see that disappear, the British Empire would have crumbled instantly without, without it. And, you know, so, yeah. I, I would be interested to see how the Federation had got to uh, 120 years prior to this. What sort of extent they had gotten to by that time, rather than uh, just, you know, it's interesting to see that they've just they've fallen, but it was inevitable when they rely on one thing. You know what will happen there? Alex Kurtzman, one of these series that he's got planned for 2027, all the way up to 20. One of them series is going to be the uh, the downfall of the Federation. I, if it's done from like the Starfleet Engineering Corps perspective, that could be quite interesting. Like, just, you know, let's pick a different thing that we could have. Like, you know. Hey, I tell you what, everyone. <laughs> I've got a new game for for us to play. Um, if you fancy it. <laughs> just just for a bit of a laugh and a break and that. Uh, it's called... Um, it's called Guess the Species of the Feces. Guess the Species of the Feces. Guess the faeces of the species. I'll explain the rules to you. Uh, so it's a species from Star Trek, and I'm going to describe the faeces. I'm going to include colour, texture, smell, taste, and sound. Oh, um, look to know how you... Oh. Right, OK, of the poo, uh, of the said poo, species poo, and you've got to guess the fe- uh, the, the, feces, the species of the faeces. First one no. to guess it right... Can we veto this game? Fit, no, first one to get it right, yeah? Is is the winner of the game, obviously. What's so, the prize? Eh? Pri- What's prize? The prize? Um, you get a, a week's. Is the prize that he doesn't do this segment again? Is that what the prize is? Or is it immunity from being made red shirt? At which point, yes, Bob can uh, never we have can do that. that. Yeah, we can do that. We can do that. Okay. So, colour. 
colour of this of this feces or this poo is is blue. Right? Andorran. Nope, nope, John. No, you're incorrect. Damn it. Uh, the texture. Well, it's... Oh, Lindsay wins. Thank you. Yeah. How do we? Is there is there any Still sort of candidates that Romans have blue shit? Well, Robbie Lale. They drink blue ale. You, you've drunk Guinness. <laughs> you have a black shit. I haven't drunk Guinness. Well, if you yeah, drink Guinness, like, black poo, innit? So, that's on the assumption that... That is the assumption that everybody drinks Romulan ale on Romulus. Like, like the assumption that everybody on Earth drinks Guinness. That doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Well, and how do you know that uh, Lindsay's correct? How do we know that that was going to be the correct answer? Because that was the fucking poo. <laughs> How do we know? You could have just changed your mind straight away. Listen to me. Listen to me. I'll Lindsay to me next week, maybe. So I'll make sure that she, whenever she answers, that's a correct answer. Shall we to go, I'll go through all there the questions. There wasn't logic in it, because we established it wasn't to do with skin colour, because John said Andorian. Andorian, yeah. Well, what, and what, therefore, what, 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 what else is blue? Does anybody have blue blood? Do you oh, wait, Romulan right. drink blue ale. I'm going to go through all of them so you can see where I was going. Colour, blue. Texture, sloppy solid. So it's, there's solid bits in it, but obviously there's a bit of texture outside. Smell, WKD. Uh, taste, mm, it's sweet, but there is a, a, a sort of revolting death-like flavour to it. This uh, is uh, my shit, not Romulan. <laughs> I'll claim it. It's funny, your boots. <laughs> uh, the, tec- the texture, the texture of a wet velvet. Okay, I, I'm going to make a, a, a bid that all of our listeners should get in touch to tell us how much they do not want us to play this game. What? Guess the, guess the, the, the species of the faces. Well, it was Andrea. It was slash Andrea slash Romulan. Who? Anyway, let's get let's get back on which show. Oh my god! <laughs> oh, my god. Um, oh, I can hear a, a black alert. That means it's time for quick-fire comments. Andrea, I'm going to come to you first. Can you get, give us what is left of your notes, comments, or whatever? Right, um, I've written down, nice to see the Tony Stark face come, now he's not using it. Um, I felt like the bed, the, the sort of disappearing bed, was a bit Terminator Genesis. Um, can someone explain why Eva from Wally is on the opening credits? Because I'm dying to know. Um, Eva from what? Then the repair repair drones that we see at the end of season two, Discovery. Oh, right, yeah, yeah. Is that what it is? Because I was like, it's Eva, Eva." and then I've totally forgotten about that, clearly. Um, I did think, particularly in that recap, I've forgotten quite how big and epic the end of last series was. And I think followed through with those opening scenes, which I think look really good. Um, I did, even though I've been quite silly on the podcast, get a little bit sort of emotional towards the end. And I thought that guy was a really, really good actor. Um, I really did sell that scene. Yeah. Um, and my other concern is that true believers, um, I am concerned that it is going to be a phrase which is bastardised by certain sections of the fandom. Uh, but then that means admitting that they've watched Discovery, so it might not happen. Um, and I think that's me. Lovely. Thank you, Andrea. Thank you very much. John, just come a quick fire through your notes. Let's see what you got there. Uh, the bird alarm clock, I, I, I do need one of them. That'd oh, it's really great, nice. Yes. We do see um, in the opening credits, we see a hand with a key kind of symbol in the palm. And uh, I know from like previous discoveries that all these things mean something towards what's going to happen in this. Um, 
Uh, Space Broke I've already done. Requiem is a bit shiny. And then the Andorians and the Orions look yes. very plasticine don't they? Very bit plastic, plastic skins. They kind of like... look like they've always done, though, really. They don't put moisture yeah. on them, I think. That's why. You know, when you moisten up an alien, it does look a bit better. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Are you simply moist enough for your lighting? Aye. That's right, right, Andrea. That's what I'm saying. Um, Yeah, they were just a bit plasticky, and that was was where I was going. We had a a mod. I muted. No, we didn't. Go for it. I'm finished now. Oh, is that you? (laughs) But don't forget, we had a a mod as well, don't forget. Is that everything for you, John? Yeah. Cool. Lindsay? Hello. Um, So I have a few things. Um, I really enjoyed Book just being like, I do not want your acquaintance. Don't tell me your name. Can't be bothered. Um, I thought that turn of phrase was lovely. Um, I quite enjoyed the Orion and Doria double act. I thought they were quite funny. I suspect we might see them again, just because. Um, Burnham saying, I saved all the things. Also funny. Um, we did chat about how uh, not accurate the shooting was. They definitely seem to be kind of point and shoot blasters as opposed to like accuracy phaser things. It was very much kind of like here is a giant swamp of energy I'm going to throw in your direction. Um, yeah, the environmentalism theme I thought was really interesting. At 42 minutes, the first time I watched this, I suddenly went, I don't think I've seen a white face after the previously on. Um, that's not strictly true, it turns out. However, I loved it and it made me cry like I just started crying when I had that revelation that I just couldn't remember having seen what would traditionally be called a Caucasian face and I think that is a really important thing um, and Adil Hussein who plays um, Sahil um, is going to be a legend in fandom I think yes he will be he's um, and he's, he's got a really lovely Twitter presence he's been really like vocal about saying thank you to everybody who's welcomed him in um, and the cast of Discovery who are notoriously I think quite lovely people have totally sort of reached out and are absolutely kind of embracing him as part of their new crew, which I think is lovely. Um, So yeah, at the end, our numbers are few, but our spirit is undiminished, I think is is kind of a a real kind of clarion call in a nice way. Lovely. Is that you, Lindsay? Yeah, pretty much. I'll tell you what, I'm feeling feeling a bit chilly. So I'm going to come to Sucky, um, but we're going to go down to... uh, I'm gonna we're gonna go down to your house, Suck. You're gonna beam down, put because you've got your open fire on it. It's gonna be lovely, and and then you can uh, you can tell us your the rest of your comments in a new section I've got called Sucky on this. Hello there, it's Sucky here from Wolverhampton. Yeah, I do the podcast and that, don't I? I'm getting on a bit of age, so I'm gonna have a sit down. By me open fire. I tell you what, there's now that warms the bones right through. Place of open fire. So I invite you all now to beam down with me to my open fire. Get your bones warmed right through. I'll tell you some tales, and you can you can sucky on this. Oh, that, oh, that's nice. That it does. You're right, Sucky. It does warm your bones right through an open fire. Put some so, clothes on, Bob. Please. <laughs> yeah, sorry, I'll I'll put I'll so at least can, put me tars. I said it coming in. I don't mean Nike. <laughs> put me tars and thong on at least. Sucky, give me your final comments, please, my friends. Uh, I noticed in the credits, he was uh, the actor who plays Booker was credited as and David Ajala. Right. right. So, is he being 
bumped up as Cowley because that's what usually happens with somebody that comes brand new into an ongoing series. They're always put in it as an and instead of going ahead of all the cast that have already already been there at the beginning at the beginning of the show when the show first started. So I doubt now if he's like going to be like a co-lead with um, Tanika Martin Green. Any thoughts? Did we not have like and Ethan Peck? No. It was and Jason Isaacs in series one. Yeah, it was. and Jason, that was it. Uh, and I he think was the co-lead. I've seen another TV shows like kind of. I think agents sometimes ask for that and because it kind of lifts you up from kind yeah. of being mid-cast if you're not top villain. So I think there's some some etiquette around that that, that kind of exists. But that only happens with established, well-known actors. And David Ayala, from what I've seen, he's only appeared in a couple of British productions and Supergirl, that's it. It was in Fast and Furious 6 or whatever. I'm sure Is I've it? seen. Uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure I've seen listings for him that were relatively big. Oh, I don't remember him in there. Okay, he might have been in there. I don't know. But then you, also, uh, if some of you have already seen the trailer, there's a uh, there's a kiss between him and uh, Burnham. Mm. Well, I, suppose, like, see, so, I, I don't think it's a surprise that he's going to have a fairly significant yeah. lead. Uh, he was also in the Dark Knight. Was he? Where was he? Yeah. Dark Knight. He was in Dark Knight. Oh, I right. don't know. Let me check. I'll have, I'll have a I look at that. So, okay, anyway, carry on. Um, I'm the beginning, right at the beginning, when you see Booker going through the, the, the crashed wreckage ship and then you see a little part of a ship that says USS and the NCC and you just think to yourself, has Discovery been destroyed? Uh, because, you know, you now see or a ship or a recognised ship that from uh, previous shows that might have been there, like, just to um, uh, give some fans uh, something to think about. Um, I liked um, Michael. Sonika Martin-Green, as I said, she was fantastic all the way through this. And it's highlighted right at the beginning where she goes through the emotions of landing on the planet, relief at all the um, uh, finding out there's life on the planet, then having to get rid of the uh, the spacesuits, and then uh, uh, getting worked up, uh, worked up getting uh, emotional in finding out that she's probably uh, all by herself. And then forcing herself to walk towards this smoke. Right, so I think she was fantastic. Just in that five, first five minutes, and she carried it all the way through with the uh, the drug scene and the, emotion, uh, the emotional scene with uh, Sahail in the last couple of minutes of the, uh, the episode. I think she was fantastic all the way through. Um, I like the fact uh, the password that Booker has for his ship is called Sticky. And the people keep asking him uh, why it's called Sticky. He says, well, it's my ship. I can call it what I want. I can give the password what I want. Yeah. Uh, so Hale scans for Federation ships, right? And there's apparently two still in the sector. If the Federation or Starfleet is gone, what are these two ships? Right, and will we get to see them in the uh, the episode later? And uh, as, I says, uh, as everybody's mentioned... The, the the end scene of raising the flag, it did bring a tear to the eye. So I was quite happy about that. And that's the end of my notes, Bob. Lovely. Thank you very much, Zucky. Well, um, hang on. I'll get us being back to the ship and we'll put some lights in this. Two secs. Morn. Morn. What do you mean? You're cooking scrambled eggs. You can't, you can't stop. Your cookies rambled. You know what it's like. You've got to stay. Let's just stay here by fire. It's lovely. It's Sucky's house. And put some lights on this. How many lights you see? There are four lights. I asked.
asked how many lights you see. So, important. I'm going to come to you first, John, for your lights out of five, please, my friend. Um, It's a, a really, really strong start to a season, and yeah. I think it, I can't give things five, but it's a good four and a half lights. Four for and me. a half lights. Uh, lovely. Uh, Lindsay, let's come to you. Yeah, I, I too shy away from five lights. Although mm. I think I might have given something five lights before, but that was probably a mistake. Um, I am going to take off a fraction because I would have loved to see, you know, Stam is still alive because you know last time we saw him there was blood mm. everywhere, um, and you know the rest of the cast because I feel like ensemble pieces are important in Star Trek. However, four point seven five. Four point seven five. Oh my god. Well, it's just that's just like. Nine out of ten. No, no, it's fine. It's a good, Ish. it's a good one. Uh, <laughs> uh, Andrea, come to you. Yeah, I'm gonna go for four and a half out of five. Yeah. Um, I can give things five, but I think the need to, I think it needs to be on a revisit to see how it ages, because I think sometimes you can get swept up in the momentum of something that's new. So it yes. might be I come back to it and give it five. It might be it drops down to four like later on. But at the moment, I'm at four and a half. Fair enough. And it's okay. As this is going to be like the first of a two-parter, you, I don't know where to view this story as a whole when the second episode drops next week. But, but, but it's not called part two, is it? Yeah. Is that not part of the comedy that we've got part one now, but there isn't a part two listed? Isn't there? No, I don't think yeah, so. I assumed it was a part two. No. I think that, that we're, I'm sure we may get a part two, but we're not, sure it's not scheduled. Okay. We might get a final episode that's part two of it, maybe. I don't know. But uh, the episode anyway, I mean, it's a solid, very good, solid episode and there's nothing wrong with it apart from the lack of Discovery Crew. So I'm still going to give it a four out of five. Four out of five. Uh, I think I'm going to join uh, John and Andrea uh, on a 4.5 because I I love this. Uh, And I've I've sort of kept enjoying it every watch. I think I've watched it three times now. Um, so yeah, it's a it's a well, it's a positive start, isn't it? Let's be honest, there's some strong scores. Um, anyway, I think Morn, you ready? Yeah, he's got his eggs and his toast. We're off back to it, ship. Well, you've heard what we think. Uh, let's find out what you think. It's listeners' feedback. We've had a lot as well. Thank you very much indeed. It's always awesome to hear from you all. I'll start off, Gary Russell. All right, Gary. Um, first three quarters were fucking awful. I need I need to turn it off. Last quarter uh, saved it. Luckily. Oh, thanks, Gary. I'm glad you came all right in the end. Um, I'm going to... Uh, Lindsay? Um, so I've got Jack McMorrow. Um, it was worth the wait. Incredibly good production on all fronts and above all, leaves me wanting more. And if any episodes don't do that, the show is in trouble. Also, while I've watched Disco from the start, I'm getting the vibe that this isn't any reboot, but looks like a good jumping off point for new fans or jumping on point for new fans. Above all, I rate it four basement lurkers out of five. Oh, forgot to say, the best thing is it's 55 minutes of telling Midnight's Edge to go fuck itself. Yes. Fair enough, Jack. Good lad. Uh, uh, John? Uh, Blue Cats uh, at Marja Maya says, four and a half lights, half a light off because we didn't get to see the disco crew yet and Lorca, regrettably, still missing. A fantastic season opener, SMG's range as an actor was on full and delightful display and book is a fabulous addition and an animal lover to boot. Oh, yeah. Hashtag Queen Grudge. Cheers, <laughs> Blue Cat. Oh, and well there's Yeah. I laughed, I cried. How tragic is it that Sahil waited patiently and hopefully for 40 years? At least his hope was answered. 
I want some of that gas they dosed Burnham with. Cheers. Lovely. Thank you very much. Uh, Andrea. So we've got Pete Breers yet. Loved it. Just wondering how much the nod to Roddenberry's Andromeda was a conscious plan or just coincidence. I didn't pick up on that at all, to be honest. So I've, uh, I've totally missed that one. Yeah, there you go. Thank you very much, Pete. Uh, it's okay. We've got Alan Alderson and they've put, I hope Michelle Yell returns sometime. Well, I think she does, Alan, to be fair. Mm-hmm. Uh, got Josh with Dieball. Hey, Josh. Um, absolutely loved it. The opening sequence reminded me of episode one of Farscape. Uh, very similar opening tale. Um, Sequ- 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 is it Sequina? Sequina. Yeah, Sonequa, right? Sonequa Martin Green did a fantastic, uh, fantastic performance of taking uh, magic mushrooms, uh, and I can't help thinking uh, that Discovery is running through the Trek movies. We've oh. had the Search of Spock, Voyager Control, and now it's Save the Whales, the Transworms. Uh, look forward to more. Thanks, Josh. Back to you, uh, Lindsay. Um, so I have got the ghost of Amy, um, who says, welcome back. I had too much to say, so here are screens of my notes app. Here we go. Uh, first off, have missed you people. Oh, we missed Aww. you too. Uh, moving on, I have to be careful about what I say, as I got to see both parts at the premiere. What? Whoa! What so even? Is... So there it is. The, this, I did read this as well, yeah. Um, this may be out of order. Most of my thoughts at this point are questions, which is fair, we think. So, bullet points. Part one had a completely POC cast, um, except in the actors playing aliens, of course, which I just really appreciated. I too enjoyed that. Well done. What does that mean? Uh, uh, people of colour. Oh, so, okay. she's also commenting on the lack of white faces. Oh, cool. uh, I'm looking forward to learning more about the burn and what exactly happened to cause all of the dilithium to, I don't know, stop working, explode. Is there a limit to dilithium recrystallization? Did the burn cause the loss of long range sensors and communications? Why were the Gorn trying to create artificial wormholes? Does that and the temporal war have anything to do with the burn? Um, is Grudge even an ordinary cat or some sort of creature? And is she literally a queen um, in disguise a la Flurkins in the MCU? Or are cats endangered in the far future? How endangered? How endangered? Uh, how would one cat feed an entire planet? That was a bizarre comment. It definitely needs more grudge. Space cat. Um, did Requiem look a little like Free Cloud to anyone else? Yes. Uh, love the idea of a sanctuary planet for endangered species. Wonder if they have any humpback whales there. Uh, the ending with Sahil was a little cheesy, but it succeeded in giving me the feels. Um, also, the sequence showing his daily routine made me flashback, haha, lost joke, anyone? Um, to Lost Season 2 opener featuring Desmond Hume. Uh, Sonequa Martin-Green really acted her ass off this episode, lover. Uh, thought this was a phenomenal opening episode, especially along with part two. I can't wait to watch both again together when part two is available. Thank you very much indeed, that's class. Uh, cheers, Amy. Uh, John? Sheps Deep Down says, Firstly, now that's how to start a season. Wow. Love the new opening titles with a Michelangelo touch of God or gloves in this case. Future security people, alien things, need to learn how to shoot. They cannot shoot for sausage. Dude who sat there for 45 <laughs> years alone must have had an arm like Popeye. You're only, the, you're only one can put. You're the only one that can put this flag up. Was nice but cheesy. All in all, I liked it. Truth spraying green and blue alien chats was fun. And when Book said, "Close your eyes to reveal his big snake." Well, we all used that line, but without much success. I will definitely, definitely be watching the rest. Loving it. Cheers, Cliff. Cheers, Cliff. Uh, Andrea, over to you. This is from Wardeb. 
Um, so great to see Disco back. I wasn't a big fan of season two, to be honest, and I was finding Burnham a bit dull, but wow, I don't know. A much more three-dimensional Burnham and loved her doped up. This episode had everything. Drama, danger, humour, topless book, hope. We needed the hope. But a few comments... But a few comments since I'm sure you have missed my succinct insights. I did drop a hint. Um, when Burnham scanned for life signs and got all excited, shouldn't she have checked out what they were? I mean, it could have been populated by a species of predatory cockroaches. Check before sending the rocket jacket away. Also, I want to live in a future where furniture can appear and disappear so I don't have to do housework. I like Bo, not just because he's well fit. <laughs> he wouldn't fuck off and leave grudge behind like Picard did with number one a fit animal lover any room in the basement Andrea oh, amazing thanks Deb so posh so posh uh, and finally Sucky we've got Bruce Wayne and he's put Discovery season 3 resumes from the season 2 cliffhanger but there is a fundamental problem with cliffhanger episodes the series has built up to that crescendo building up your excitement and expectation you've reached that crucial point and it stops short telecoitus interruptus so you wait and you wait for the next series that you know is coming waiting steadfastly for that satisfaction to be fulfilled it'll rise but being a new series they want to start slowly and build up towards the finale episode again leaving you hanging it's like televisual bad tantric sex they keep pulling back from giving you a real climax just to make it last longer when you'd be quite happy with a few wham bam let's go again romps thrown in <laughs> less is not always more the journey is good and enjoyable but for me the opening episode was just all right a scene set to start the story arc afresh not satisfying when you're hoping to hit the ground running it had its moments, a few nice touches, and definitely things to look forward to. Okay, but for me, it gets a definite three lights out of five. Can definitely improve. Cheers, Bruce, for all that. Cheers, images. Bruce. Yeah, no, that's lovely. And thank you, everyone, for, for there's got loads of feedback writing in. And keep it coming. Keep on the on the journey of the new dis- series of Discovery with us. Um, anyway. <laughs> and also, let us, let us know how, he, uh, how the species feces thing goes. Yeah, feedback. Has anybody got any comments on that? Is that a feces people want to see? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I can take a picture of it every week or is if it, you want. Or is it a, literal, <laughs> a literal shit show. Yeah, or can we, make it, we can make it into a visual gift, at least. Fucking I'll make a sh- I'll draw a shit, then put it on the internet, whatever you do, and then we can guess it. And whoever guesses it gets it in the post. Turdy twat. Yeah, get, gets it in the post. Pictures of my alien poo. What? I feel, I feel, what I feel like feel this is a concept that we could build on and make it something slightly less toilet based. Yes. We don't just like alien boogies or something. Borgies? Well, poos are funnier than borgies. Like, you can eat a borgie. I wouldn't eat shit. Do you know what I mean? Like, I, I, don't, know. I don't know. I don't anyway. know. You ain't going to eat shit, but you go around saying this is how it tastes. Yeah. yeah, well, I don't. Someone, I got. Mon tastes it for me. I don't taste it myself. Mon tastes it. Oh, and he tells I tell me. Then what I could do, I could yeah. like draw them, like on yeah. crime as we're going, and then like we could make the prints available to listeners. <laughs> yeah, calendar, <laughs> calendar. There is a calendar. Oh, calendar for for, for Christmas. It'd be nice, wouldn't it? That. Oh, poos. Yeah, please. Can you draw some poos under it? You know oh. that thing that you aren't using because I haven't got angry enough this week. Yeah. Oh no, it's too late now, Lindsay. It's gone. It's gone. You only pop up when you get angry. Uh, by the way, Andrea, I just want to say your October 
um, drawing things. Fucking brilliant. You've done some absolute smashes. Um, and if people want to check you out, you go to your Instagram. What's your Instagram? Because it's class. It's Vin of the Basement. Yeah, no, it's, it's fucking brilliant, pretty much everyone. It's a geek's dream. I'm going to be honest, I have been doing d- tomorrow's now, so I don't know if you what can... What you see. got? Oh! Oh! The prompt is Dizzy, um, so I've yes. drawn Dizzy from the 1980s sort of Spectrum Amiga. Amstrad game as well. Egg and a half. Egg and a half, uh, yeah, yeah I remember that. I'll post that in the morning, so... You did Trapdoor as well, and I loved your button moon. I literally thought it was like uh, a picture. That like sounds a photo. pervy, Bob. I, I loved, I loved you, but I loved you, but your trapdoor, Andrea, um, <laughs> <laughs> and your deep space nine. Anyway, let's uh, let's get on. It's Saturday for this week's red shirt. Wormholes. I, I wonder who it's gonna be. Uh, red shirt time. So I'm gonna I'm gonna come to you first, Sucky. Okay? Well, it's Who's gonna be you, red... Bob. Hey. Eh? No, I'm not even waiting for you to. It's gonna be you. So it's me straight away. Yeah. No, why? Well, for the first initial question that you asked me, that one, and oh then straight God. on to you coming in straight into my uh, front living room without yeah. starting to unroll. You just wouldn't Un- bang out of all. Well, unravel my body. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, that's fair enough. It's okay. Just yeah. to make you laugh, mate. Laugh. Yeah, I'll definitely laugh when I see your naked bottom <laughs> self. Well, on, on your leather couch. Ooh. Yeah, I did. Well, yeah. I did. I did. I didn't wipe my bum either. That's bad, didn't it? Uh, Lindsay, yeah, who's I can your... see the stain. <laughs> Lindsay, who's your red shirt this week, Lindsay? Gentlemen, gentlemen, gentlemen. Oh, I am always tempted to stick with tradition because I feel like John and I have like a thing. However, real like everybody has been lovely, with one notable exception of the person who keeps trying to drag us back into toilet humour. Um. So Bob, you are a red shirt. Why? Because you just keep talking about species. It's funny, isn't it? Just mixing it up. Is it though? Is it? Well, when you hear the podcast and all the sound effects that are going to go with it, you might like it. John, who's your red shirt this week? Well, like other people have mentioned, <laughs> um, uh, I'm going to pick you, Bob. Thanks. Thanks, John. For the reasons of, if we don't make you a red shirt and really stamp our authority on this you're just gonna run away and be Wild, your creative yeah. best and that's a danger to everybody it's, it's terrible. so uh yeah so i'm reading you in a little bit so that's why <laughs> that's your job johnny always has been for the last 15 years <laughs> uh andrea who's your red shirt this week well, I, f- I feel like i'm gonna go for the left field choice here and say bob Whoa. <laughs> uh, <laughs> On the basis that there was far too much accidental partridge this week, um, and I feel that needs to be uh, It was not identified. accidental. It was, it was not accidental, Andrea. It was partridge. Um, but, yeah, it's fair, it's fair enough. So everyone's voted for me. It's irrelevant, isn't it, what I, what I think? I mean... Oh, I, feel, no, I feel like we no, should listen to your choices anyway. I mean, all, yeah. I'll, all I'll say is that, you know, the five or six hours I've spent, you know, doing the pre-production of this podcast... <laughs> That you've not even heard yet. Um, you know, thank you very much in that. So I'm going to vote for you all. Not that it matters. <laughs> can we can we decide on the method? I mean, I, I want it to be something involving shit. Oh, yeah. I yeah. want it to be eaten and shot out by that transworm thing. Transworm, yeah, cool. Yeah. I'll, so that's my death, is it, for, as a red shirt? Yeah, and for, like, the the feces of the species or whatever it is, it's going to be <laughs> Well, okay. 
Burnham awesome came out well. uh, where she went uh, where she went in. I want him to come out the other end. Yeah. So yeah. basically, yeah. I get it shut out, out by a trans worm. And that, that doesn't happen once, that happens for the next thousand years. Yeah, and it keeps eating me shit and then shitting it yeah. out again. Shit and yeah. shit and shit. Yeah. No, fine. I'll, I'll be, that'll be all right, won't it? It's something to do. Um, cool. Anyway, well, thank you very much indeed, everyone, um, for listening. I hope you've enjoyed uh, season three. Bit different, eh? Bit different. Um, but thank you very much, for all of you, for your patience and putting up with me. Obviously, that's <laughs> been reflected in the year uh, fucking red shirt, like. Um, <laughs> so yeah, cheers for that. Uh, but so yeah, we're we're now going back weekly. Discovery, discovery, discovery every week, which is lovely and exciting. Uh, and I've thoroughly enjoyed myself, and I hope you guys have too, uh, listeners and you lovely people. So uh, I've got one more game before we go. Oh no! It's called. Bye! Because <laughs> then you go bye. Bye. So. bye. Oh, bye. bye. It. Then it ends. Then the podcast ends. We're ending. <laughs> bye. Bye. Guess the species of the feces.